and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Tuesday edition of the show, and we are going to be talking about which pending free agents for the Bucks do they absolutely have to re-sign. By my calculations, there are 27 free agents that played for the Bucks this season that are now going into free agency. How many will be back? How many do they need to re-sign? We will be talking about all of that on today's show. I'm your host, Matthias Matera. Joined with me is like the that. face that runs the place at PeterReport.com. It is Scott Reynolds, SR. Scott, how you doing like on that. this Tuesday? You ready to talk some Bucks free agency? I am, yes, Matthias. I like that. That's good. That's good. I like that. Thank you. It was your idea, so I, uh, I right. it. But, yeah. So I, I'm rocking a, a purple um, Wildcat shirt here today, just so just so people might might think I'm not switching allegiances to the Minnesota Vikings or anything. Good. I'm Thank a proud you. Kansas State alum, as many know. And my number five, <clears throat> that's right, number five, Kansas State Wildcats to take on Iowa State tonight in basketball. So. Farmageddon, the basketball. Farmageddon, the basketball person. Exactly. Cool. Very exciting. Um, Before we jump into everything with the Bucks free agency, and that will be the majority of our attention for today's show, there was some news that somewhat impacts. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Matt. I'm I'm feeling like this is probably going to be the best podcast we've ever done. It's early. It's we're only three minutes in, but I'm just feeling it. So go ahead, continue. I think you're onto something. Yeah. The name change could go into it. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we've been talking since the Bucks lost to the Cowboys in the first round of the playoffs, the super wild card round, as yeah. it is called. We've been talking about changes to the team, specifically offensive coordinator when Byron Leftwich was let go. There was a number of candidates, and probably the number two candidate in the offensive coordinator search for the Bucks because of the relationship with Tom Brady. Yeah. One of the guys very high up there, of course, was Bill O'Brien, as you see on the screen right there. Former Houston Texans head coach. He was also uh, Penn State's head coach as well. So that yeah. would make players such as Chris Godwin and Donovan Smith happy mm, right. if he came to the Buccaneers. But he is not going to the Buccaneers because it was reported today that Bill O'Brien is going to New England, as a lot of us speculated, yeah. as – a lot of the chatter went around. He's going back to New England where he first met Tom Brady and right. will be their offensive coordinator working with Mac Jones and, of course, working with Bill Belichick again. So, folks, we can cross that one off the list. Bill O'Brien yeah. won't be the Bucks' offensive coordinator in 2023. Right. And and uh, and also, too, Byron Leftwich, as we reported last night, we didn't break yes. the story. We, just, we reported a report. But Byron Leftwich is going to be interviewing with the Baltimore Ravens they have uh, an opening there. Gosh, I think there's what twelve offensive coordinator openings, maybe eleven now that there, O'Brien's taking that job. Mm-hmm. And one of those is in Baltimore, where Greg Roman moved on. And we'll see if Greg Greg Roman is a candidate in Tampa. He's not really a, a passing game aficionado. He's certainly a run first <laughs> offensive coordinator. But Todd Bowles wants to run the ball. But Todd Bowles also knows this is a pass first league, so. I don't know how Greg Roman would fit here, especially since a lot of what he did in Baltimore has had the quarterback run game with Lamar Jackson. So it'd be interesting to see. But Byron Leftwich will have a shot to interview for an offensive coordinator job in Baltimore. And I think just the sheer number of offensive coordinator jobs that are available, you know, I didn't think Byron would get another shot, really. I thought he would have to go become a quarterback's coach again. And then maybe work his way back up after you know time, time passed on. But uh, you know he does have, he does have those, those two years especially. Even the year with Jameis Winston, this this team did score some points. Yes, they uh, did. You know, Winston was he was a gunslinger, so he he was, he was going to throw touchdowns to both teams. Matt, he was going to throw <laughs> touchdowns to to yeah. his own team and the other team, as we saw what seven times, seven pick sixes or six. Seven, seven. <laughs> I, I haven't thought about the number, but it was definitely Adam, more yeah, more than any record. Bucks fan. Yeah, it was more than any right. Bucks fan wanted. And you know, they yeah. have thirty for thirty, the ESPN documentary. Right. It then got dubbed thirty for thirty, the number of touchdowns and interceptions yeah. that Jameis Winston threw in his last season. Of course, coming full circle, began his career with an interception, finished his career with an interception yeah. with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. To go back to Byron Leftwich, real quick. Yeah. 
it Byron's situation somewhat reminds me of like a quarterback that it didn't work out with the first team. Because for Byron, for uh, Byron Leftwich, you can look at it, and some people will still say, right. "Hey, won a Super Bowl, thirty points per game in twenty twenty one. Maybe we can get that version of him." Mm-hmm. It sort of reminds me of you know Baker Mayfield, or I think Sam Darnold, where it was the the, the kind of belief was maybe we just tweak one thing he never right. really had the weapons around him in new york maybe a fresh start will yeah. evoke something else from sam darnold and naturally it really hasn't with the with the carolina panthers but his name is still out there for a couple of teams of could yeah. be a stopgap quarterback for one season i kind of see that with byron Leftwich. i am curious if the offensive coordinator openings if it was only four instead of eight nine ten whatever it is at this point, would Byron be on a lot of lists or do teams go, well, we're already interviewing five people. How does it hurt to interview Byron Leftwich as well? The guy does have a Super Bowl ring. So I understand the process of maybe we can squeeze something out of Byron Leftwich that's still in there. It just didn't come to fruition in his final season with the Bucs. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of Buccaneer fans gripping over the news because they've seen other teams say, we're interviewing these five people, like the Ravens, I think they said, we're interviewing five people. And, and uh, you know, Scott, can you break some news and tell us Todd Munkin has heard from the Bucks brass by now? He's 0813 says, the Buccaneers are keeping this very tight-lipped. It's not just me. It's Jenna Lane. It's Greg Allman. It's, it's, uh, it's Rick Stroud. Nobody's really saying anything in terms of who they are talking to. And by when I, when I say they, I mean, Todd Bowles and, and Jason light. So they're keeping this close to the vest. They're, they're not putting out there who they're talking to. And I think probably that's smart, Matt, because whoever they hire, I mean, right now, Buccaneer fans, they want to pick apart everything, right? They, sure. they just, they're, they're, they're eight, and nine, they're NFC South champions. Who cares? They lost the playoff game, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, th- th- that's that's kind of like the, the vibe I'm getting from a lot of Buccaneer fans. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you probably see the same thing on social media here in the chat. It's the same thing. It's like, Tom Brady, yeah, bring him back. Or no, screw it. Let's just rebuild, right? Like, Todd Bowles, you want a championship? Fire him. You know, it's mm-hmm. there's a lot of angst and, like, unsettling, you know, vibes out there. In, in the Buccaneer fan base. And that's understandable. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with, with feeling your feelings. But imagine if Jason Light and Todd Bull said, we're talking to these five offensive coordinators. Then everyone's going to have an opinion, you know, on Munkin, on, you know, Brian Johnson, you know, on, on all these different guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and maybe Greg Roman's one of them. I don't know. But everyone's going to have their, their kind of respective favorite. And then when they hire one guy, you're going to have a bunch of people saying, well, you should have hired that guy or that guy instead, or you made a mistake right off the bat. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if we don't hear who they interviewed and that ends up being the guy, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like uh, you're going to see probably Ian Rappaport or Schefter or somebody say bucks are in discussions with so-and-so about the offensive coordinator job. Right. Mm-hmm. And then that person's hired and boom, that's the guy. And that's probably all we get. And we might hear, later in the summer that they interviewed this person or that person or whatever. Um, but you know, it, it, it just, I think that might help, but it, that might be how this goes down. I, I think so as well. And put it this way in the 2021 season, when the bucks won double digit games, 13 wins, won the division, there were still people saying fire Bruce Arians. And it's like, what? He just won a super bowl the year before. So you know what? You can never please everybody. That's right. just kind of how it goes. We do have a super chat from Adam Adam Hamilton. Thank you so much, Adam, for this nine ninety nine super chat. Adam says, "I don't see Bowles sticking around for very long. If y'all were in charge of the rebuild, who is your head coach and quarterback to go forward into the future with, and why? Go. Uh, Thanks, y'all. Love the show. Thank you, Adam, for that. Uh, pretty in depth question. Yeah, I personally." If, if you're talking about rebuilding this year, I think you stick it out with Bowles and see if he can actually turn it around. Or as you were saying on yesterday's show, and we cut that clip, it's on our social media as well right. if you want to check it out. Or they're going to go down in flames. And I think it's really difficult to bring in a coach for you know the following for, for this season, but they're yeah. obviously holding on to Todd Bowles and say, hey, we're going to put you in this crappy situation. It's your job to get out of it. 
right. the two most we can argue a lot of this, but yeah, yeah, the you two, know, the two most important keys are quarterback and coach, and you kind of right. want to link them together. I know what you're going to say about rookie quarterbacks being, you know, coach killers, but yeah, sometimes no. if you get the right pairing, it could work. Yeah, it, and I think too, how you want it to be if you're the Glaziers, right? Yeah, I, I think what you how you want that to be is is you want to be able to sync that up, right? You don't want to bring in a new head coach this year, right? Yeah. To to have to or you get the 19th overall pick, right? And and you've got one quarterback under under contract, no no veterans, an unproven Kyle Trask who's essentially a rookie at this point, right? Mm-hmm. That's not an ideal situation because you're not going to be able to draft that quarterback at number 19 for your new head coach. You don't have the draft ammo to go up and, and get a guy. So in essence, that's what I'm saying. If you're if you're anti-Todd Bowles, wait a year because if it doesn't work out and you might get your wish, then you might see a new coach come in with maybe a higher round draft pick. And, and then you can you can say, okay, go ahead and get your quarterback in the future. And we'll start this process all over again. Uh so I, I think that that's kind of the play here is it doesn't make sense to, to switch it out right now. As far as who I would, would pick as a head coach, I, I'm just, I'm a realist. You know, when, when we do the Bucks battle plans in February, I always try to keep it really, I don't, I don't play fantasy football. I always try to keep it really like what I, what I think the team's going to do, even with our mock drafts, it's not necessarily who I like or who I'm rooting for or campaigning for. It's who I think the Bucks are going to draft. Right. I wasn't a huge Kyle Trask fan when they drafted him, but we got the pick right because that's our job. Our job is to try to tell Buccaneer fans who we think this team's going to pick, not necessarily advocate for players. I, I was, you know, I was fine with them drafting Joe Trine Show. It made a lot of sense. Hope he pans out. But, you know, would I have picked a different player? Probably. But our job at Pewter Report is to try to predict accurately and get things right, try to tell you what we what we believe the team is going to do. And if, if it's what we think the team is going to do, it's more based on fact and intuition than it is just our favorites. Right. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we, we do our own columns. That's what the battle plans are for. Right. If you want, you know, if you were, or, or Josh Capo or Bailey or whoever want to do a fantasy football thing, I'm going to trade for Lamar Jackson and stuff. Go for it. That's, that's what that yeah. stuff's for. But, you know, we try to keep it realistic with what the team's going to do. What I would do for if they do move on to another head coach, and we're not predicting this yet, like you said yesterday, Todd Bowles could turn it around and they're a winning team. But I think you got to go with like an advanced offensive coach, someone from the McVay coaching staff or the McDaniel coaching staff. I mean, or or the Eagles as well. Just a a newer style, that college offense, kind of the way that the league is going. Either get on a lot the of boat. misdirection, a lot yeah. of yeah, different. Either get yeah, on the boat or uh, you know you're trying to swim the shore, and then and that's yeah. a tough battle right there. Yeah. Teddy it, it, says this is a good one here. Teddy says, "Have the Glazers slash Light, always Jason Light, always been secretive? Even how they dealt with Jensen's injury? Yeah, that was actually kind of funny. We were joking about that in the media room that yeah, uh, you know Ryan Jensen finally played, and it's like oh, we still don't right. really know what his injury was until he said it after the game. So uh, yeah. they do try to." keep it fairly close knit i would say right they, they do and and also too like i know some of the names who who jason has brought in even even when when they were moving on from dirk cutter right they jason interviewed other head coaching candidates because he wasn't exactly sure if bruce arians was going to come out of retirement or not yeah um uh, and, and a couple of years ago right we learned about the fact that, that the bucks had interviewed mike gundy oklahoma state quarterback Right. And we didn't break that. That's that's from Oklahoma State. Like he revealed that. I can't reveal who they've who they've also interviewed. But, yeah, there's there's some big names that that the Bucks have interviewed behind the scenes that I'm just not you know allowed to say. But, yeah, they do keep it very secretive. They do keep it very close to the best. And um, and so I'm not surprised that, that they're trying this approach with the offensive coordinator position. One thing we should say and talk about is that Celsius has a new flavor, ladies and gentlemen, and you should be checking it out very soon. It's the Celsius Fantasy Vibe. Check it out at your local stores, your bodegas, I like to say. There's also a sparkling lemon lime that is uh, great tasting as well. So go to your bodega. Get the new Fantasy Vibe from Celsius. Hashtag Celsius Energy. Hashtag Celsius Live Fit. Okay, Scott, 
One well, last. First of all, I'm I'm yeah. rocking I'm rocking this. I'm rocking the the fantasy vibe uh, right here. So it's fantastic. I'm actually drinking it right now, and I've got some good news. I'm bringing a case to Mobile of oh. the lemon lime and also the fantasy vibe. So we will Let's be go. we'll be energized by Celsius in Mobile, Alabama, at the Senior Bowl next week. So pr- probably a good time to remind people we're on the off season schedule right now for our podcast. Mondays and Tuesdays, 4 o'clock Eastern time. Then we go prime time, Wednesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. So we can reach a different audience, the people that are that are maybe at work during the day and can't join the live chat and um, you know and contribute to the conversation. We're going to hit the night crowd uh, at, at 7 o'clock on Wednesdays and Thursdays. And next week, it's going to be prime time, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, because we're going to be in Mobile. Practices will be during the day, Senior Bowl practices. Then Thursday, we're driving home, so we'll have a podcast on Friday, and that's going to be at 4 o'clock, wrapping up our Senior Bowl coverage and, and also previewing the game, which will be on Saturday. Going to be very exciting, mm-hmm. going to be an awesome time. Uh, no one crushes draft season like PeterReport.com, and specifically the Senior Bowl. So yep. uh, going, to be, going to be great next week. Make sure you tune in for that. Jay Anitra says, I went to my local bodega and got a can of the peach vibe. That's go. awesome. Um, yep. I was rocking the uh, sparkling strawberry lemonade. There so, yeah, a ton of great flavors. We can talk about Celsius um, in a little bit. One last bit of news before we get into the, mm-hmm. the Bucks defensive free agents. Just real quick. It's very funny. On Tom Brady's podcast, Let's Go, he was asked about his future. And he's like, if I already effing knew, I would have effing told you already, Jim. Yeah. Uh, you know, we saw it in the season, Scott. Anytime there was like an inkling of a question of, is this is this your last practice with the Bucs? Is this your yeah. last game? Any sort of inkling, his face would like naturally change and get ready to get angry. So um, not totally shocked by right. the way he delivered what he said. Yeah. It's just funny. It's, it's his co-host that he does so many shows with that. Yeah. He would either expect it or maybe Jim Gray would give him the heads up beforehand. Hey, I'm going to ask you this. But it was, yeah. it was a little comical to, to hear it was. from Tom. And, and I think, too, um, you know, Tom Brady does not want the farewell tour. That's not what this is about. He He's not looking to go out with, with the bang, and he doesn't want the pomp and circumstance. Evidence by last year's just tweet, right, where he said, I'm retiring. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, so that's – if he retires this offseason, if he plays one more year in Tampa or elsewhere, he's he's not thinking about is this my last game? Is this is this my last time? You know, in Atlanta or New Orleans or whatever. Mm-hmm. He, that that doesn't mean anything to him. I, I think he's so focused on the game and winning. It is what it is. He doesn't know what the future holds. You know, and the other thing too is he's remember he's referenced a couple times this year, like that knee injury in Week One in, in Kansas City. What year was that? Twenty eleven. Or 20 yeah it was like a it was after i think it was after they won the super bowl one yeah. year so right. i mean yeah, that was like first quarter of the season yeah you know the season one opener the in kansas place. city yeah uh, he gets his knee taken out he's out for the entire year so he he has that that frame of reference that this could be the last time i take the football field at any point in time because mm-hmm. it's happened to him so i don't think he's necessarily looking at like a last game here or there or whatever so Got another super chat from Adam Hamilton. Thanks oh for the four ninety nine. Oh no disrespect, but I think this team is better off without Brady okay. for the future. All Let's right. just start the hurting. <laughs> <laughs> I I get the sentiment of well, we're gonna have to move on at some point. So let's just, just rip move the on. bandaid off. Right, I understand that sentiment, but the NFC South is going to be a mess once again. Yeah. So why not? Go all in if you possibly can with a recalibrated Tom Brady that's not going through a divorce, that um, kind of has his wits about him and can fully focus on football, knowing right. his family is good to go. His personal life is is in a better state than what yeah. it was the following season. I think that has to be looked into. That's not something you can really quantify or put right. a number on. But if you're in a bad NFC South and you might fall ass backwards into winning the division mm-hmm. anyway, why like not? Did. Yeah, let's uh, let's fall with style, as they said in the first Toy Story movie when Buzz yeah. Lightyear went flying around. So uh, that's that's what Great I was point, man. Yeah, Great point. And, and I think, too, when 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 you look at this, for, look at this from the Glazers perspective. I know Buccaneer fans, you care about yourself and, and that's fine. You care about, you know, your feelings about the team. You're entitled to do that. This is the Glazers team, right? They're the ones that spend the money. It's it's their uh, it's their team. 
it's their reputation, it's their product, it's their business. There was a long time, Matt, between playoff and playoff from 2007 mm-hmm. when John Gruden led this team to an NFC South title nine and seven that year. And, and they, they won the NFC South. They got bounced by the eventual champion New York giants that year at home. And then the next home playoff game, well, it was actually the Super Bowl. It was 2002. Uh, I'm sorry, 2020. 20. Yes. You had my twos and zeros a little messed up. 2020 in the Super Bowl is the last time they've had a home playoff game. Right. And then the next year, they, they had a playoff game at home because that was really a neutral site. But I'm just saying that that's a long time, man. That's a decade of football, right? Longer than a decade of football mm-hmm. without playoff appearances. The Glaziers don't want to go back. You can't make the playoffs every year. Ask Bill Belichick. You can't. I think, you know. And it's not it's you know not I mean? a guarantee. It's not a guarantee that oh the Bucks will just rebuild and everything will go swimmingly. That's what I'm no, saying. No, they could draft if, their next quarterback and it's an absolute mess. Yeah. There are no guarantees in the NFL. There right. are absolutely no guarantees that again, look at Russell Wilson going to the right. Broncos. Oh, they're gonna be so great. Then we were stuck with them on primetime for like seven or eight games because everyone <laughs> predicted yeah. that they were going to be great. There yeah. are no guarantees, but you know you have a good thing with Tom Brady, even in Brady's Worst season with the Bucs. Right. Worst season with the Bucs. You still won the division. That's so right. it's really tough to say, nah, we're just going to rebuild and go another way because that mm-hmm. doesn't happen. And you know what? You're going to have to rebuild one way or another. Why not right. just prolong that another year when you can still have the satisfactory and enjoyment of actually legitimately lobbying for a Super Bowl? Yeah. And you know what, Matt? Because what happens is after a couple of years, because listen – I know fans are still upset about the whole culture, you know, change thing. We, we talked about it yesterday on the show. There's 18 new players that are on the, the Bucks this year that were not on the 2021, 13, and 4 season, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to be another 10 to 12 players that are going to be on there new. So half the team in 2023 is going to be brand new and wasn't on the playoff team in 2021, much less the Super Bowl. That's just the way it is in the NFL. That's life. Having said that, as, as you get further and further away from making the playoffs, right? And l- let's say the Buccaneers, let's say that they missed the playoffs. Let's say Brady's not coming back. They missed the playoffs, right? And then you're in 2024 now, and then you're in 2025, then you're in 2026. I mean, you're, you're probably by 2026, you're probably down to a handful of Buccaneers, right? Uh, maybe Vietavea, Devin White with his new deal, Tristan Wirfs with his new deal, Antoine Winfield with his new deal. Maybe Carlton Davis was in the last year of his deal. Chris Goblin, actually, he'll be a free agent before then. I mean, you're down to five or six guys that that will have played in the Super Bowl, and then they're outnumbered, right? In the in the locker room of 53, you got five guys. That's 10 percent of your of your team that has playoff experience, that's been there and done that. And then the other guys are like, we've never been to the playoffs before. You know, what does it take to get there? Mm-hmm. And that's what the Buccaneers went through the entire Josh Freeman years, the entire. Josh McCown, Mike Lennon years, the entire Jameis Winston years. You know, you had guys like Levante David and Mike Evans are really good players. Never been in the playoffs. They didn't know what it took to get there. And you try to bring in a guy here or there. We bring in JPP. He's been there. Okay, that's one guy. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's he's not going to teach a master class. JPP's right. actually in the background of this picture. So funny yeah, how that worked absolutely. out. But yeah, you're you're not going to teach a master class on. Hey guys, like this is what it's like. You know, we asked yeah. Larry Foot about that. We asked. Levante and Mike Evans. And they all said, you can't really experience it until you're in the game. Mike Evans said, it's just another game. It's a little, it's a little, you know, higher up, but you can't really know it until you experience it. So why not get as many guys as much experience as you possibly can? And we are going to talk about Levante David. I'm not trying to push that back, but if you super chat us, especially a $20 super chat, we are going to answer it. Thank you so much, Teddy. One of our most loyal listeners. Teddy says, under Bowles, I'd love for the Bucs to become an NFC version of the Titans, defensive-minded head coach that instills a culture of toughness and discipline. We can run the ball and fight hard every game, regardless of injuries or our opponent. Yeah, I, I think that is what the vision is right now. And, and, and it's important to say that because – this is a pass-first league. I'm not knocking that, and I'm not saying Bowles doesn't want to pass the ball. He knows it's a pass-first league. He's a defensive coordinator. He has to go against it. But the thing is, is 
the quarterback is one guy. And if you lose your starting quarterback, right, it, it can derail your entire season. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and we've seen that, you know, a couple places around the league. And you take away Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs aren't going to the playoffs. You take away Josh Allen, the Bills aren't going to the playoffs. That's how it is. And you have to have a good quarterback. And it's not like the Bucs don't want to find a good quarterback. But this team won a, a Super Bowl with Brad Johnson. It was a little bit of a different era there. I'm, I'm going to give yeah. you that. But if you can build a collective great defense and you can have a solid offensive line and you can run the ball and you have some balance, then you have a quarterback, you're unstoppable. But uh, it can be a, a situation where if you – if you rely on that quarterback and you don't have that balance, I mean, imagine, listen, I, I love Blaine Gabbard. I mean, he's, you know, he's, well, yeah. he's a hell of a good looking guy. I mean, he yes, just he is, is. You know, and a great guy too. Uh, he really good guy. But at the same time, does this team win eight games behind Blaine? I don't know. They won eight with Tom Brady. I don't know that they win Blaine, you know, Blaine or, or Kyle Trask is going to win eight games this year. My, so, yeah. I'm with you, Teddy. Build the defense. Do, do what you can. Build the defense. Find some running backs. Run the ball, and and then find a quarterback. There's only there's only half half the league has good quarterbacks. The other half don't. It's my yeah. My only worry is that Titans team. You look at them, and they are one of those teams. If they jump out to a lead, a ten nothing lead, whatever. All right, you're you're sitting pretty well because the defense is going to take over and they're going to rely on that running game. But I think you saw with that Titans team, if they were down, they weren't able to get their way back into the game. And that's yeah. what concerns me is I I wouldn't want the Bucs to fall into that situation where right. the game is almost decided at halftime if you're down by, you know, two touchdowns. Where Brady right. obviously you can come back and if you're a throwing team, you can you can throw it a lot more. But we have dueling super chats with yeah. Adam. Thank you for the nineteen ninety nine. Pick it right up chat, where, where Teddy left off. I love yeah, it. Yeah, a super chat just to respond to Teddy's yeah. super chat. Yeah. And Adam says, if we are going that route, Titans hard nosed, do you guys think we draft a high end running back? I don't think we have one of those on the roster right now. I love I love Rashad White, but come on now. I am of the philosophy that you should never draft the running back in the first round because yeah. even if they are the best of the best, like Saquon Barkley, that who was taken second or third overall, right. you can still find a great running back in the, you know, sixth or seventh round. There's, there's yeah. a lot of those options. Bijan Robinson is a running back. That's kind of getting mocked yeah. in a couple of mock drafts, like in the top 15. Yeah. And he's and he's like a that, Jonathan Taylor Texas. type. You know, if, if there's a truly special guy, I mean, like special, like I, I don't mind it per se, but as much as I love the running game, it, it really is kind of a dime a dozen position. And mm-hmm. and you can find good running backs in the middle to late rounds. And so I, I would, if, if you are, if you're flush at every position, like if you're the Super Bowl champs and, you know, you got a young nucleus of players and you don't really have a lot of needs and sure, that's a little bit of a luxury, go for it. So, um. So yeah, I I I would say, you know, not spend a first round pick on on that position because it is a luxury. It's not really a a, a primary position, even if you are going to be a kind of a run first team. So exactly, and like Jonathan Taylor, great last season. Colts obviously were in such yeah. disarray this year. Saquon, the Giants have never gotten further than they did this season. Right. Derrick Henry and the Titans went to an AFC Championship game. They lost. They've never been to the Super Bowl, so it's not yeah. even like a huge recipe. GMS yeah, it, Dick Clay. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it, it, it rarely are running backs in this day and age difference makers, right? They're just, yes, they used to be back when, when Emmett the Smith. game was different. Yeah. yeah. But they're, they're not the difference makers. They used to be GMS Dick Clay. Thank you for the $2 super chat. Brady should have audibled out of those screens. Well, yeah. we're all in agreement. There were way too yes. many screens, just matter of what he could have audible to what exactly the game plan was going on there. We're not exactly sure. We're not in the huddle when that goes yeah. on. Yep. Um, okay. Last question. Then we're going to jump into our our uh, our topic for the day. Uh, Chris H. What do y'all think about Jalen Daniels from LSU? He looked good with nothing to work with. Well, I think LSU's got some wide receivers there. I, you know, Kayshawn Booty is a really good receiver. Boutte is a good receiver, um, and they've got a couple other guys. 
I like Jalen Daniels a lot. And I think if the Buccaneers, if he were, were to come out this year, which he's not, he's staying back for another year. I think they'd be very interested in this guy. I heard some good buzz about him inside the building. He was Rashad White's quarterback at Arizona State before he transferred this year to LSU. LSU's got a couple of really good quarterbacks now. They got Daniels and they got Nussmeyer, who was uh, Doug Nussmeyer's son there. So they, they got a nice one-two punch at LSU. So Jalen Daniels is definitely a name to keep in mind for next year for the Buccaneers, for sure. That's that's a name that has generated a little bit of buzz there. So um, let's let's talk about which free agents this team has to, has to resign. Yes, there I, are I, there are a list of twenty seven. I'll yeah. rattle off some of the big ones. Tom yeah. Brady. We're excluding Tom Brady. We all know the yeah. Bucks want Tom Brady back. Correct. Uh, Levante David, Jamel Dean, Mike Edwards, Anthony Nelson, Sean Murphy Bunting, Julio Jones, Akeem Hicks, Will Golston, <laughs> Nacho, Blaine Gabbert, Carl Nassib, Logan Ryan, Keanu Neal, Nick Levitt is a uh, Nick Leverett. Sorry, is an uh, ex- exclusive what, rights free agent. Exclusive yeah. rights free agent. Yep. So he'll be back. We don't even yep. have to worry about Nick right. Leverett. Um, Scotty Miller is on there. You have Josh Wells, Rashad Perriman, Pat mm-hmm. O'Connor, Deidre Snot, Aaron Stinney as well, who got injured yep. early on. Uh, so uh, there's 27. There's a lot of names on this right. list. I truly think the top two are Levante David. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. And Jamel Dean. Now, yeah. it's very interesting to see. So last year, Levante's average annual value was $12.5 million. Jamel right. Dean was on his rookie contract. It wasn't even a million. It was 889,000. So Jamel Dean is in way more position to say, I'm going to take the best deal possible. We all know that last year, remember the big storyline was who are the Bucs going to give the franchise tag to? Will it be Chris Godwin? Will it be Carlton Davis? And then they ended up working out a deal with both of them. But some people were furious that they didn't, you know, franchise tag Carlton Davis. And it actually ended up working well for the Bucs because they got him for less than what the franchise tag would have paid Carlton for that season. And now they have him for a couple of more. So with Levante, you know, it's very interesting. We talked about it a little bit already. He's aging as a player. He's still a solid, consistent player, not the prime Levante David had three sacks last year, but hasn't had an interception in two seasons. One forced fumble last year, if I'm not mistaken. Right. But on the flip side, Bucks don't really have depth at inside line. Yeah, they really don't. KJ Britt, listen, I know this team likes KJ Britt a lot. He is a special teams guy. I don't see him being a starting caliber linebacker. Uh, You know, if you want him to be that Kevin Minter, you know, in a pinch, get you out of a game kind of guy as the third linebacker, fine. But I don't see the duo of Devin White and KJ Britt working out. I could be wrong. I just I haven't seen enough of KJ Britt to really like him as a starter. Now, having said that, here's the dilemma with Levante David, right? You, you want to just because he is a Buccaneer. I mean, this guy is red and pewter. Mm-hmm. You want him to retire as a Buccaneer. You want him to be a one-team kind of guy, like Rondé Barber was, like Derek Brooks was. You don't want him playing anywhere else. The good news is he made $12.5 million last year. Bobby Wagner was let go by the Seahawks. He signed with the Rams for an average of $10 million. So he had to take a bit of a pay cut. I think I think the number that the Bucs would love to see Levante at is 8 or 9 to help him out of a cap situation. Levante might be able to fetch that from a playoff contender that just needs a linebacker. Uh, Levante stayed healthy, played all the games last year. Yeah. That, was, that was a good sign for him heading into free agency. So it's really going to come down to Levante. Do I want to take less, whatever that number is, to play in Tampa, or do I want to find a little bit more, a little bit more money elsewhere? The problem for the Buccaneers, this is a really, really, really awful linebacker draft. I mean, bad. There's like a handful of guys. That's it. That are that are really even worth a damn. That might might be starting caliber linebackers. Mm-hmm. They might. Trenton Simpson from Clemson is. He's a good fit for for Todd Bowles' system. He's athletic. He's a good blitzer. He is not – he's more of an overhang linebacker in that Clemson defense than he is a between-the-tackle, find-the-ball, stuff-your-gap kind of guy. He might be the only off-the-ball linebacker taken in the first round. There might not be a first-round linebacker this year. And so that's the problem. 
if if you don't re-sign Levante David, you're going to have to find somebody in free agency to sign who's probably going to be a step down from Levante. It's probably going to be a one-year veteran deal. And, and then you're going to have to maybe look for the draft and, and you know, good luck finding him. I, I, I just don't, I don't know. I think you have to re-sign Levante for one more year. Try to draft somebody that maybe you can groom behind him for 20. And then, and then regroup from there and maybe even take yes. a linebacker in the following, in the following Correct. draft, depending on who comes out Yeah, and everything of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. I could see the Bucks. I think a, a not the worst consideration would be to find a, another veteran linebacker somewhere above KJ Britt. That's probably below Levante David yeah. that maybe you can get for like six or 7 million can do a stable enough job for the Bucks defense. And then have to find out whether Devin White is going to be the linebacker of the future. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's even tougher than, uh, it is. Than Bucks fans really yeah. realize because you have to figure out Levante now. And then right. you're in the same situation with Devin White next year. A little right. bit different because Devin White's a lot younger. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying it's like if if you don't re-sign Levante, you need two linebackers in this defense. You have yeah. to have two starting linebackers, mm-hmm. and and that would almost make linebacker, depending on Tom Brady and the quarterback situation, almost make linebacker the top need in in the draft this year. And I don't think that's exactly what the Bucks want to spend their first round pick on. And then you mentioned Jamel Dean. That's another guy, right? That's and now we're looking at, you know, at, at a starting cornerback. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Sean Murphy Bunting. If, he, if if Murphy Bunting comes back, it's going to be for a one year prove it deal, like a exactly. one year cheap deal. I don't think there's going to be a strong market for Sean Murphy Bunting. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's the case. So Jamel Dean, what I, what I would expect to happen is I think Levante David and Jamel Dean are both going to hit free agency and see what their market value is. And I don't think the Bucks are going to be aggressive in trying to re-sign either one. They'll give them a, an offer. It's not going to be the offer that they either one wants. Mm-hmm. They'll hit free agency and see. But again, just like with Levante, Matt, if you don't re-sign Jamel Dean, the next most experienced cornerback you have on the team is Zion McCollum. We saw how that worked out. So I I think that... that uh, if you don't resign Jamel Dean, now you have to draft a cornerback in the first round, right? You have to address that need, and now you're drafting for need in the first round. And this is a good cornerback draft. There's there's several cornerbacks I like right. in this draft already, but it these two guys, David and Dean, really forced this team into filling these needs with the first round pick more likely than not. If if neither one's resigned. And because of the Bucks cap situation, they're not really in a position to overpay for anyone at the moment. Because if they want to overpay for Jamel Dean, and I'm not saying that they should, but if they want to overpay for Jamel, okay, well, then you have to make move X, Y, and Z to their roster already. I really do think Sean Murphy Bunting is just going to get, as you said, like a, a low ball contract that he might be forced to take because his market might be very very small the only thing he's got going for him is towards the end of the season he was playing better in a bigger role with some of the other corners hurt i don't know if that's going to get him the contract that he's looking for but it is a little bit of a what have you done for me lately uh sticking in the secondary there's of course the friend of jamel dean and Antron murphy bunting or one of them mike edwards he yep. is an unrestricted free agent this year also got to talk about Logan Ryan and right. Keanu Neal. Those were the veterans on the one-year yep. prove-it deal. And all of this is really going to come down to the market of yep. these of these rookie player, players coming off of rookie right. contracts that are now going to be looking for that next deal. Because, yep. for example, Logan Ryan, his AAV was only – it was a little bit over a million. Keanu Neal, it was the same thing, just over a million, uh, 1.27 million. So – Obviously, the one-year prove-it deal, the the moves that the Bucks are going to be making this yeah. offseason, I think it's a lot more advantageous, advantageous with Logan Ryan and Keanu O'Neal. Yeah. Mike Edwards, I don't think by any means, had the, the same impact that, say, Jordan Whitehead had, had with the Bucks the year before. So Whitehead obviously took that deal with the Jets. Yep. I don't think Edwards is going to see that type of contract going into uh, this year's Free agency. I still think there's a lot of potential. It was his yeah. first year starting. 
He does have that propensity to take the ball away. We didn't see it as much this year. We saw it in the beginning of the season as right. this graphic shows with the pick yep. six of Jameis Winston, but didn't really have one until the end of the year. And that was on a Hail Mary in the Cleveland game. So it wasn't yep. like a, a deserved pick, I guess, if you want to say. But Edwards is someone that I'm not totally sure what his market is at the moment. I don't think it's that great. I, I think you're spot on, Matt. He's not going to get a Jordan Whitehead contract. I hope he does for his sake. I mean, oh yeah, he's I an like awesome Mike. guy. Yeah, but, great guy. Yeah, but I would not be shocked if he's back in Tampa for a one-year proven deal. And and I again, I don't think. And some of this is you know maybe educated guessing on my part. I don't believe the Buccaneers are going to be very aggressive with their own free agents. I think they're going to go out there, see what your what your market value is, see if you can get a better deal. If you can't, come back and and we'll talk. But I think the Buccaneers are going to do a lot of one-year deals this year. And and very much remember like what they did with, with Leonard Fournette after the Super Bowl, right? They gave him a one-year deal worth two and a half million. Same with Antonio Brown, one-year deal. And I think you're looking at the same thing. I I believe they want Keanu Neal back. I believe they want Logan Ryan back, but for one-year deals, they're cheap because that's what they can afford. And they'll probably take Mike Edwards back on a one-year cheap deal too. The reason I say that is because it's, it's a, it's a matter of, of right now you have Anton Winfield as your only safety outside of Nolan Turner. That's it. They have two safeties on their roster. So they need one. They just have to be more practical with their money. They got to manage their money. Well, and you know what? If I'm Mike Greenberg, maybe I call, you know, Immuni Financial just to see what they have to say. At Immuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. Managing your family's wealth means more to Muni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts. Why? So you can get out to Colorado, you know, and, and visit people and uh, and see the sites and go skiing and all that great stuff. College savings accounts as well as insurance services with 40 years of experience. Let Muni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Folks, they're based in the St. Petersburg area. It's not like they help just the folks in Tampa Bay. It's not like they help folks across the state of Florida. They do. They can help you across the country. So if you're living out of state, give them a call, 1-800-868-6864, or do what I've done. Go to immuni.com. That's A-M-U-N-I.com, and have them give your finances a, a double check and, uh, and, and see if you are saving the right way, if you're investing the right way, here in the new year, Immuni Financial, Immuni.com. One guy that might see his finances grow is Anthony Nelson for the yeah. way that he played at the end of the season, or more particularly once Shaq Barrett was out for the rest of the year. Anthony Nelson had five and a half sacks. That was a career best for him. He had his career best last season with five. He got another yeah. half sack. He led the Bucks with three forced fumbles, and then he yeah. also had a personal best in tackles this year, I believe it was 46 or 47. Anthony Nelson is not going to get the top edge rusher money by right. any means, but I can see a team saying, all right, this guy can be the the number two, the back end edge rusher to complement our Miles Garrett, TJ mm -hmm. Watt, whoever it is. I think Anthony Nelson the length goes a long way. It Coaches does. love that. The length, he's pretty good at the pass breakup. And the fact that he led the team in forced fumbles with only playing way less than the, the amount of starting time that the rest of the defensive line was given. I think Anthony Nelson may have priced his way out of the Bucks. But with that said, you also have Carl Nassib, who's a pending free agent. I would like for the Bucks to have Carl back. Uh, Great hustle guy, great locker room guy. Again, former team captain, came back this season. Um, he, he gets the system. He works really hard. I would like Carl Nassib back as that, you know, overall third or fourth string outside linebacker, the role that he played this season. Oh, you're muted, Scott. Sorry about that. There we go. I, I don't know that Anthony Nelson's going to come back. 
uh, I think they would, again, they wouldn't mind it back on a one-year prove-it deal. If he goes out there and just bombs in free agency, and there's not much of a market. But like you said, the length, the sack fumble numbers are there. And and other teams are going to probably do what, what Jason Light did, right? Take a look at Shaq Barrett as that third guy out there in Denver, right? Well, if, what if he got more playing time? What if he was, yeah. was more than just a situational rusher? Comes to Tampa, boom, 19 and a half sacks. I don't think Anthony Nelson is that type of player, but it's not going to stop a team from, from giving him a look-see. Now, same thing with Carl Nassib. The Raiders thought Carl Nassib, who had six and a half sacks in Tampa, was going to be that guy opposite the Condor out there, right? Um, and and it wasn't the case. He he wasn't another Max, and and, uh, and and he bombed out there, right? He got paid handsomely, but ended up here. I would like to see Carl Nassib back, and I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back on a cheap one-year deal again. He loves the Tampa Bay area. I think the Buccaneers really appreciate him as a player. He does bring some of that toughness, that juice, that energy. And and, and I, I I would suspect that he probably will come back later in free agency, um, unless they just do a quick, you know, one-year cheap deal. Um, while we're sticking on the defensive line, boy, you look yes. at this depth chart, Matt. It's Vita Vey and Logan Hall, and that's the only defensive lineman on the on the roster right now that are under contract. And Logan Hall is going to get a lot of snaps next year. He's got to bulk up about 20 pounds. He's got to get to close to 300 pounds. Will Golston, one of my favorite guys, a friend of the friend of the program, right? Yeah. He is a stalwart guy. He's 31 years old. If he comes back, he's probably going to have to take a pay cut. I think he made just less than five million last year. I think yep, four and a four half. Four and a half. Mm-hmm. He'll probably have to come back for the the veteran minimum. I think Tampa Bay is in a cost cutting off season here you're going to see some guys that are going to get released and cap moves just because they got to pay down the credit card bill a little bit Matt. and and will golston i think this team would like to have him back as a rotational defensive lineman he has some value stuffing the run no sacks last year i don't think he's going to get much play at his age especially without having the pass rush component to his game but i also think the bucks can move on from him i, I don't know that 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 there's the allegiance to him that there is maybe to you know, to a, a Levante David, for example, and then Akeem Hicks, right? And it was okay, didn't really bring much other than this week 18 sack in terms of pass rush, but he helped the run defense. Again, if he comes back, it's going to have to be a cheap one-year deal. That's what we're looking at here, Matt, this year. Cheap one-year deals from the Buccaneers this offseason, even for some of their own guys. Right, and Akeem Hicks, $8 million. Do you want to bring back another player that got one sack for $8 yeah. million or look not somewhere for that else? Price tag. And what hurts Will Golston is Nacho also is right. uh, a free agent. And Nacho was $2.5 million. Yeah. And same reserve role as Will Golston. And Nacho did better rushing two the sacks. quarterback this year. He had two yeah. sacks. He's not amazing at it. Right. But he actually was able to get after the quarterback. So the Bucs obviously have to consider that as yep. well. Offensively, uh, Aaron Stinney, they have to think about, could be a key offensive yeah. guard in the rotation next year. Josh Wells, their backup offensive tackle, pretty cheap uh, AAV, average annual yeah. value with uh, he, he, 1.7. He might not he even, hurt a lot. He might not even be ready, right? I mean, he tore yeah. his patella and that yeah. stuff. He might not even be ready until October, November next year. He's not going to be ready for training camp. I don't think so. Yeah, so yeah. he's going to have to recuperate and uh, yeah. rejuvenate his body. So yes, he is. I think Josh Wells should really start using age rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. Don't wait. Do what I did. Go to age rejuvenation. Why? Because I'm 50 and I feel like I'm 40. That's right. I feel that much better. Like I've had 10 years of my life just rewound the clock. So, and you know what? I got on the scale the other day, Matt, I, yesterday, 207 pounds. When I started age rejuvenation, I was 216. I've lost nine pounds. And not just, you know, not just like inches. I'm talking like actual body fat. And uh, and that's what's great about this is my metabolism is just naturally picked up. I'm sleeping better at night. I've got energy now. I'm not having to crush two Celsius a day. I can only drink one 
uh, which is nice because I'm not crashing at the end of the day. AgeJuvenation.com. Right now, they're offering a special for Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers. You mentioned Pewter Report. They're going to give you $500 off your testosterone therapy. Set up that free consultation. Go to AgeJuvenation.com. There's five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned Celsius, Matt, and it's not just the this new awesome fantasy vibe that that I like. I also like the original vibes, yes. the Arctic vibe, the peach vibe, the tropical vibe. There's so many flavors of Celsius. Folks, I just had four cases of Celsius that I bought off Amazon with my subscribe and save shipped to me yesterday. We get free product from Celsius, but I'm also going to support them. So I just got orange in for myself. Ashley loves the watermelon. I got some of that in for her. I got the Fuji apple pear. And we also got some more tropical vibes. So make sure that you're getting your Celsius at Amazon with the subscribe and save. They ship it right to your door. You can set up the schedule to get Celsius as often as you would like. Before we wrap up the show, we have two more Super Chats to get to. So thank you, everybody. Matthew with the $5 Super Chat. Time to run this like a business designed for the fans and not the players. Take our hits as fast as we can and get over (laughs) it and start over. Punter MVP. Well, they're all set at punter with Jake Camarda. Yep. I don't know. Some fans do want Tom Brady back. Some fans yeah. do want some of their favorite players back. So uh, yeah. there's well, definitely there, a lot of there's, opinions. There's so many fans that just want to rip the band out off, pay the credit card down, and just say, all right, let's just get on with, with the rebuild. This is crazy. I like it. Zachary Jarvis, the 499 Super Chat. Thank you, Zachary. We need to get younger and stronger in our trenches. Yep. This upcoming draft should mostly be D-line. Uh, I, I'm with you. They need to get younger there. You got Vita yeah. Bea. They started with Logan Hall. Would not be surprised for a minute if they go after another defensive lineman. The problem is they have a lot of things to address this year. They really do, yeah. So I think D-line is, is one of them. It's just a matter of second, third, fourth round, whenever yep. they decide to speed, do that. Speed, speed yeah. too. This team has to get faster on both sides of the ball. This is a slow team. This is an old slow team at a lot of positions. That they need speed up front. They need speed in the secondary. They need speed a wide receiver. They need speed at running back. This team needs to get faster all across the board, too. And I'm going to be writing about that in my Fat Five on Friday. Looking forward to that. Absolutely need more speed, but you can take your time tomorrow for the Peter Report podcast because we're going at 7 o'clock. Tomorrow it's at 7 o'clock. That's right. Thursday it's at 7 o'clock p.m. Prime time going to be talking a little bit more about free agency and uh, the plans for Tampa Bay, who, who might be back uh, reports about who the bucks are ready to move on from, but please also subscribe to Peter report TV. If you like the podcast, if you like the clips yeah. that we put out, we got over 10 K subscribers. 10, so we appreciate Thank you, that. Peter people. We're on our way to 11,000 trying to get better each and every single day. So yeah. if you guys could subscribe to Peter report TV, we would absolutely love that. Yeah. Um, it's that's we did it, Matt. It. We did. We did it. We had we the best it. show ever. So closing out, yep. I'm Matt Matera for Scott Reynolds. I did that backwards, but anyway, okay. we'll see you all tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Peace out. Out. Go cats. <laughs>